I'm Chelsea. And I'm Deidre. And we're giving you a million murders. day for us. It has. We're good and warmed up. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's the fourth again. The weekend. It's the fourth again. The weekend of the fourth. Hope you guys stayed safe and had a good fourth of July because by the time you hear this it's not going to be the fourth of July. So hope you had a good one. Good holiday. Well today is going to be a murder, and it's a pretty pretty long one, so Myra's going to love it. She's like, y'all need to do more long ones. I love them. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. So. So, this episode will come out the day before our one-year anniversary. Is it the day before? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, because yeah, it's the 6th. Sixth. And the 7th is the a year ago. A year. 2021. We started our Our podcast. Million Murders. Yes. So, happy anniversary to us. Happy anniversary. And happy anniversary to all you listeners. Yes. If y'all been with us from the jump, it's been a year. It's been a whole year. Aunt Kelly's probably going to be like, Yeah, Aunt Kelly. Hey, Aunt Kelly. Day one. Hey, Jessica. Hey, Hey, everybody. Everybody. Felicia. Felicia. Everybody. Yes. All the peeps. All the people. So today, we're going to be talking about a case that's definitely still developing, Ooh, and that makes covering it a lot harder because, I mean, you know, you keep finding new stuff. Yeah. So today, I'm going to be covering Jelani Day. I like that name. I do, too. His full name is Jelani Jesse Javante Day. He's got a a long name. Mm Mm-hmm. So he was born on June 15th of 1996 in Danville, Illinois. He just had a birthday Aww. not too long ago. Yeah. Um, Jelani was born into a very large and very loving family. Mm-hmm. He was the second youngest of five siblings, and his parents, Carmen Bolden Day and Save Day, also have two other sons named DeAndre mm-hmm. and Save, and two daughters, Dakara and Zena, or Zena, Z E E Z E E Z E N A. Um, Wherever you're from, however you want to pronounce it. Yeah. Because I know... This sounds like Xena to me. I pronounce stuff mm-hmm. just not right, so... Gr- growing up, Jelani's family was very religious, and he was very active in his church. They went to um, St. Synagogue... Synagogue? Synagogue, Church of God in Christ. Jelani was extremely active in his church from a very young age. He was part of the church choir. He participated in his... Or he participated in purity class. He joined the church's drill team. He sat on Bible studies and a lot more. Mm-hmm. Jelani was just an amazing human being. When he learned that he was a bone marrow match for his father, who had cancer, he mm-hmm. stepped up the plate to the plate, and he would take time to make those donations for his father and to visit him in the hospital whenever he could. Oh. And that's just the kind of guy he was. He was known for being very friendly, very loving. He was smart, driven, very outspoken person, and he really just had so much potential for his future. Hmm. In addition to being incredibly smart, he was also extremely athletic. He went to undergrad at the University of Alabama in Huntsville, Alabama to study speech pathology hmm. and also ran for the school's track and field team. Also, this is important. So Jelani was an avid swimmer, okay? Uh-huh. So, Jelani was also a part of a Greek life at Alabama, and that was a big part of his life as well. And Jelani was in the new Epsilon Mm -hmm. chapter of Omega Sci-Fi. 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 Omega Sci-Fi, yeah. Omega Sci-Fi, and he Mm -hmm. made a lot of great friends there. Yeah, is it P-S-Y-P-H-I? Mm-hmm. That's a black fraternity. My cousin's in that one. But Jelani's true dream in life was to be a doctor. He, um, you know, to help other people. Uh, he was incredibly smart, and he was well on his way to achieving this goal. 
He graduated at the top of all his classes, and then he went on to grad school. He went to grad school at Illinois State University to continue his education in speech pathology. I need to take a speech class, obviously. (laughs) So now, if you're not familiar with this field, it's actually really competitive and very, very difficult. So the fact that he graduated at the top of his class and then was accepted right into grad school was very impressive. Yeah. But for his friends and family, it was no surprise. They knew that Jelani was set out to do anything that he wanted in life and that he was capable capable of achieving, of achieving any goal that he had. So Jelani had actually become interested in speech pathology from a really young age. Growing up, this is a really sweet story. Growing up, one of his really close friends, Paul, had some speech issues, and he was bullied. Mm. And Jelani really felt, you know, for him, and he wanted Mm -hmm. to help him and others. And he would stand up for him. He would defend him. He would communicate for him with other kids so that he wouldn't get bullied as much. Mm -hmm. As much. This was just the kind of guy Jelani was uh, known for being. There are a lot of stories of him being just an upstanding, incredibly kind individual who always looked out for others. And so last year of 2021 was actually Jelani's first year of grad school. So this is not long ago at all. This is like, ooh. So this was actually his first semester, fall of 2021. As a reminder, he was attending Illinois State University and was living in an off-campus apartment in Bloomington at the time. Mm-hmm. And he was 25 years old when he went missing. Okay. So he was an adult. Mm-hmm. As I said, Jelani was very close with his family, but he was especially close with his mother, and they had an incredible bond. He was a mama's boy, through and through. Okay. And he wanted to come home and see them as much as he could. So even though he was living in Bloomington, he would often visit his family down in Danville. Mm-hmm. A contact. Mm-hmm. Jelani would talk to his mother on the phone every single day. They would never miss a day. Sometimes they'd talk multiple times throughout the day, and she'd even joke and call Jelani her bill collector because <laughs> of how often he would call her. Mm-hmm. So that just kind of gives you a gif, a jizz, a jizz. <laughs> <laughs> that just kind of gives you an idea. Let's just go that route. That just kind of gives you an idea of how close him and his mom really are. Because you can say yeah, how much you're close with somebody all day, but, like, when you, like, get into depth and detail about it, like, they were really close. Yeah, like, they were really, really close. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so, Jeez. at this time, Jelani was going to classes, talking to his family daily, and nothing was out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. But that all changed on August 24th, 2021, when Jelani didn't show up for class. Now, if any of you have been in grad school or even just university or college, you know that missing class is normally frowned upon, mm-hmm. especially in grad school. Like, yeah, you know, for one, you're paying a lot of money to be there. Yes. Second of all, a lot of professors have different policies around it and can be really, and it can really affect your grade. Mm-hmm. So... Plus, so much is covered in just one class that missing a class can, you know, really put you behind. Yeah. So, this was not like Jelani. He was on top of his academics. There's no way that he would just skip a class for no reason. Um, And I feel like if he was going to miss a class, he needed to, like, for some reason, like, he would let somebody know. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't just not show up and not tell, you know, somebody. Yeah, he'd probably, like, write an email just to his how, professor or something. And... Just what I've learned of him, mm-hmm. like, I don't feel like he would have just done, just not showed up. Yeah. And also, on that day, he was supposed to meet with Cara Boaster, who is the director of clinical education at ICU. And the day before, which was August 23rd, the two of them had been communicating regarding some of his coursework. Cara said that they were texting that night, the 23rd, and the next day he was supposed to come in and meet with her before class, but he never showed up. So he didn't show up for the meeting or his class. Hmm. And Cara texted him, asked him why he didn't come, but he never got a response. 
so she figured she'd connect with him later that day when she knew that he had class at 1. But as, as soon as he didn't show up for class, she immediately knew something was wrong. So Cara ended up contacting the university police that day, the 24th, because she was certain that no grad school or she was certain that no grad student would just miss class, especially Jelani. Right. So she knew his character. She knew something had to be really wrong here. Jelani was officially reported missing on August 25th by his family when they couldn't get a hold of him. Ugh. So obviously with some families, especially with older children, it, you know, it's normal for, you know, for you not to keep in contact like every day. But they really was not normal. That wasn't normal for their family. Yeah. At all. Yeah. This would be like. You yeah. and your parents. Yeah. Like I don't And me and my parents. Yeah, like I don't talk to them every single day, but there's a lot of days that I do talk to them. Yeah. I talk to them like at least every day. Like even if I don't call them, I'll like send a Text voice message and say, vo- hey, yeah. Hey. <laughs> my voice and I'll <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. So they were in contact constantly, so they just knew that Jolani was in trouble. Yeah. And when his mom started looking back through her phone, she realized that the last time she had heard from Jolani was on the 23rd, mm-hmm. which was now two days prior when they're reporting, when they, reported when they're, missing. yeah, they reported missing on the mm-hmm. 25th. And she knew there's no, she knew there is no way he would not contact her for two days straight. Mm-hmm. And even though he didn't get in touch with her on the 24th, she was so busy planning a trip that she had coming up that she just didn't really even notice. Yeah. Like, that's how that's how busy her day was. Like, she was just, you know, constantly... Yeah, moving around and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And it didn't occur to her until the next day. It's like... And it didn't occur to her until the next day, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, she said that she assumed that maybe one of her other four children had heard from him, but no one had heard from Jelani. Mm-hmm. Jelani's older brother actually went with the police to search his apartment, and when they went, when they went, they didn't find anything out of the ordinary... And the only thing that was missing was his 2010 white Chrysler 300. And investigators are asking the public that if you have seen this vehicle in the area between Tuesday, August 24th, 2021 at 9.15 a.m. through Thursday, August 26th, 2021 at 4.20 p.m. So on August 25th, the police launched their investigation into the disappearance of Jelani Day. Jelani's last known whereabouts, luckily are known because of some, some because of some security footage. Mm, okay. It was taken on August 24th. There's actually two separate sightings of Jelani on the 24th. The first was at 7.20 a.m. when Jelani was spotted on camera at the Bone Student Center on campus. He was last seen wearing a blue buttoned-up collar shirt. Remember this? Mm. Black pants, black belt, black dress shoes, and a blue mask. Because COVID, you know. Oh, yeah. I was like, a mask? Yeah, I'm like, COVID. oh, yeah. We get into <laughs> so, now. The second signs were of Jelani that occurred at 9.12 a.m. When security cameras picked him up entering. Okay, so the first was at 7.20 a.m. So almost two hours later, mm-hmm. security cameras picked him up entering the Beyond Hello Dispensary on Veterans Parkway in Bloomington, Illinois. Mm-hmm. But this time, Jelani was wearing a completely different outfit. So two hours later. He's wearing a blue Detroit Lions baseball cap, a Jimi Hendrix t-shirt, some light-colored shorts, and black shoes with white soles. And in this photo of him walking towards the dispensary, you can actually see his car, the 2010 white Chrysler 300, that had gone missing alongside of him. Now, the photo of him inside the dispensary, he's clearly looking up directly into the camera. So, there's been a lot of talk on Reddit and other online blogs theorizing, 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 yeah, it's hard to say for me, (laughs) why he would be looking directly into the camera. Some people have suggested that maybe he felt like he was in trouble, maybe he wanted the camera to clearly see his face. And maybe he wanted a record of him being there, but this is all just speculation. You know, people do look into security cameras all the time, mm-hmm. and actually, some dispensaries mm-hmm. have you look into the camera so that they have record of who you are, but what really seems to be throwing people off, and there's a lot of discussion around this, 
Um, the fact that he's wearing a different outfit, and obviously people do change out of their clothes after they leave campus. Mm-hmm. However, Jelani did know that he had another class coming up at 1, so a lot of people question why did he, you yeah, know, make home. that change if he was going to be going back to school so soon. Yeah. That is weird. There's been a lot of speculation wondering if maybe Jelani knew that he wasn't going to be going back to campus. And I understand just changing your clothes because I did I just read this? No, I didn't. Mm-mm. And I understand just changing your clothes because it's more comfortable in between classes. I mean, I could see myself doing that, so I'm not sure if there's really any significance there. Yeah. I mean, we but, we used to... We're back. <laughs> we used to uh, do that. Like, we would have pin attire, mm-hmm. and so we would dress up Yeah. for class some days. I don't know if the black fraternities and sororities do that, because I, was, I wasn't in one. But yeah. our sorority, we did have, like, pin attire, so you'd have to dress up that day. But if you're going back to class, I would not be doing the flip-flop. Well, I mean, but I did want to note that this change of clothing, because it is something that comes up later on, so Mm -hmm. that's important. Yeah. It's also important to note that at this time, when the police first started their investigation, they had no reason or evidence to suspect foul play. Mm -hmm. They don't have a body, like, they don't. So on August 25th, he was just considered a missing person. And when police met with the family, they actually suggested that maybe Jelani was just under a lot of stress lately, took some time to get away from it all, and just left. You know how police yes. like to I'm like, I'm throw that in there. Acted like people just run away when they stressed out. So two days after Jelani went missing, his car was found in Peru, Illinois, which is a small city about an hour north of Bloomington. Mm-hmm. And his car was reported to be located by the Peru police in a wooded area south of Illinois Valley, YMCA. And in the car, they found the outfit that Jelani was seen wearing to the dispensary, the more casual outfit Mm -hmm. he was wearing that day. But what they didn't find in the car was his cell phone, his wallet, and shockingly, his license plates had been removed from the vehicle. Huh. So the outfit was in the car? Yeah, the outfit that he was last seen wearing, like the second outfit change. Okay. Huh. So uh, BPD Public Information Officer John Furman has said publicly that in his 10 years of police work, he found it incredibly unusual and suspicious for his car to be found where it was. Mm-hmm. And the, the license plate's gone. Yeah. Well, the car itself, I guess, was found abandoned kind of near like a parking lot, mm-hmm. but not actually in the parking lot, just to the side of it. <clears throat> and it was just left on, on this wooded path that seems to be a dead end. And his mom made it clear, Jelani's mother made it clear that there's no reason that she knows of or can think of for why Jelani would be in Peru. She said that her kids didn't come to Peru for nothing, never was raised anywhere near there, don't know anyone here, and Jelani would not have known to come and park his car in, like, this wooded area. Yeah. So Friday, August 27th, they announced to the public that they had found Jelani's vehicle, and BPD also stated to the public that Jelani went missing under unexplained suspicious circumstances and asked if anyone in the Peru area has seen Jelani or his vehicle any time from the 24th to the 26th of August, particularly, again, between 7 a.m. and 4.20 p.m. Mm-hmm. There was actually something that came up as a result of that. Someone living in a house in La Salle, La Salle, had... Um, <laughs> it was like La Salle, I don't know. Yeah, I think it is La Salle, L-A-S-A-L-L-E. <clears throat> yeah. Had security cameras on their home. They turned in their footage from August 25th, and in it, there is a young black male knocking at their door, and when no one answers, he just walks away. Hmm. They actually took some time for, this actually took time, some time for the police to release the footage to the public and share this with Jelani's family, which is frustrating. Yeah. But once they saw it, they were able to confirm that it was not Jelani. So that weekend, the case started to get more attention on campus. People started putting up flyers, and there was a lot of discussion of his disappearance. Okay, wait, so the black guy that was at the door... Wasn't Jelani. Right. Like, they thought 
the people at the home, you know, seeing their footage of this black male coming to knock at their door, no one came, so he turned away. I guess they thought that it looked like Jelani and thought it was him, so they turned it into the police. Okay. For a minute there, I didn't know. I, <clears throat> I was like, did I miss where, like, maybe he was wearing an outfit or something that was similar? No. Okay, yeah. So it was just a guy, and they were like, well, this could be something, and it wasn't. Okay. Yeah. All right. So people started putting up flyers, and there was a lot of discussion of his disappearance. <laughs> Even also in the quiet parts, if y'all hear a male voice in the background, that is my dad in the other room with the door shut, but his <laughs> voice carries, so sorry. <laughs> Even though police were investigating the case, it was pretty evident to his family very early on that they were not taking the case as serious as they should be. Mm-hmm. Jelani's mother actually received a phone call on the Friday after Delaney went missing, just two days after he had been reported missing. And this detective told her that unless he heard anything, he would connect with her the following week and would be headed home for the weekend. She just couldn't believe that her son was missing, time is of the essence, and they're just taking the weekend off. Yeah. So at this point, she felt like she really had to take matters into her own hands, and oh, but she did. Okay. So Carmen, Jelani's mother, ended up having to start her own search, and she has done an incredible job. This case would not be where it is today without her fighting back so hard and putting everything she has into finding Jelani initially and now finding out what happened to him. And at the end of August, Carmen got on social media and started posting about Jelani. She said that she had no idea what she was doing. She didn't know how she was going to get people to see it, but she knew she just had to make people aware. Yeah. Also at this point, they decided to create a GoFundMe so that they could get some more resources for their search. And Carmen also announced that there was a $25,000 reward for anyone who could give them information that could lead to finding Jelani. And at this point, Carmen was adamant that her son was still alive. Mm-hmm. So on August tw- or August 31st, their family created a Facebook page that they have been very active on. And if you go to the page, you can just see how many people are devastated, broken over you know his case and how much they want answers and they want awareness and they're, they're begging for help mm-hmm. <clears throat> pretty much. So around this time, the Bloomington police made another announcement in the public and they told everyone about Jelani's last known whereabouts. In this address, they asked again for anyone who has any information, has seen him or his vehicle on that day, to please come forward. Then on Wednesday, September 1st, Carmen and her family conducted their own search. They went to all the places that they knew he had been, looking for something, anything that would point them closer to finding Jelani. Mm -hmm. I really need to start punctuating correctly. (laughs) (laughs) So Carmen made sure to post this to Facebook and invite strangers to come help them search because they were desperate for any help that they could get. To them, it just didn't make sense that he was gone. None of it added up, and Jelani just wasn't the type that would just walk away without telling someone or give (laughs) explanation. Mm Mm-hmm. He'd been looking forward to his grad program. He was doing great. He was on track to getting all A's and B's that semester. And he had a really bright future ahead of him. And it was incredibly obvious to his family that he was not gone by choice. Right. So then on September 2nd of 2021, Jelani's wallet There's been kind of some contradicting information about how the wallet was found. Mm-hmm. or who it was found by it had um it's been reported that it was found in some bushes in LaSalle however there's been a lot of discussion about another virgin virgin did I say virgin I don't know <laughs> I thought I thought you said virgin with a b like virgin so I don't I don't know I don't know there has been a lot of discussion about another version which this is not confirmed this has been mostly on Reddit, and so, you know, yeah, <clears throat> people talk. But a lot of people have said that a younger girl saw a tall black man wearing red, dropped the wallet, and then she walked over and picked it up and turned it in. Hmm. But obviously, that's unconfirmed, so I don't know how the wallet was actually found. I couldn't find... Yeah, like how it 
got to yeah. police, but it was found and brought to police. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there, there have been some other reports saying that the police actually found the wallet. So, I mean, who knows? There's no telling how it was really found, which sucks because... Yeah, that'd be a key. Why wouldn't they... I don't understand how there's no one... Yeah. Also near the wallet, there was an ISU lanyard just lying on the ground, and there has been a lot of discussion back and forth about whether this belonged to Jelani or not, which, I mean, would make sense that it would because that's where he was going. Yeah, like that's where he was going to school, and if it was near his wallet... I mean, it, it makes sense. Like, they connect. The dots connect. Yeah. But there have been reports that it does, and there have been other reports saying it, that it belonged to another student. So that's another question mark at this point, because it's like if it belonged to another student, is they are they a suspect? Yeah, like are, are they, they connected? investigating? Like, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Yeah, like I guess it could have been another student's. Like it didn't have to be his. Yeah. But that student probably has could something have, to do with it exactly. if it's laying there by his wallet. Yeah. So, <laughs> like it makes no sense. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. So then on September 3rd, over 100 people from the Bloomington community came together at the Bone Student Center at ISU in support of the search effort, and this meant the world to Carmen, and with her children by her side, she stood in front of everyone and talked about the kind of guy that Jelani was, squashed any rumors that Jelani was depressed. Carmen thanks everyone for their support, and it was just really sincere. And you can tell that she truly does appreciate it, and she really does care for all the people that support in her family, even people that are just supporting online and from afar. Like, she was just very sincere when she was giving her speech. Yeah. So she goes to say that Jelani's a fighter, that he's not just going to let you take something from him. He knows how to defend himself. He knows how to take care of himself. And growing up, that's what Jelani did. Jelani would protect all of us. Jelani thought I was the strongest woman. She said, I just want y'all to know I have a strong son, so I need y'all to keep praying for his strength, that wherever he is, God continues to strengthen his mind mentally, to strengthen his body physically, because Jelani needs to get away from wherever he is. Mm. He needs to understand that his mom and his brothers, his family, and all of you, which are his new family, Hmm. that I have adopted because you all have shown us so much love that when Jelani comes back and I get him back and after I spend some time with him and we get to love on him, I will share him with you all. I thank you all for the prayers. I thank everybody for the generosity that you have shown us. If you hear something, if you are sitting in here and you know something, if you've seen something, it's not too late to tell because I need to know because I need to have my son back home. Mm. So that was really sad. Yeah. So the family also planned a search for September 4th, and it started at 10 a.m. in the parking lot of the Peru YMCA. (laughs) So that same day, their family was going door-to-door on September 4th. The police also set up their own search efforts in LaSalle, where his car was found, and they made a huge discovery that day. Mm-hmm. On the morning of September 4th at 9.47 a.m., their search team found an unidentified body floating off the south bank of the Illinois River near the 251 Bridge. This is only a mile away from Jelani's car where it was found. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no identifying information found on the body, so the police did not comment on whether or not they believed it was Jelani that day. Mm-hmm. In fact, they said it would take them days, if not weeks, to identify who this body belonged to because it was so severely decomposed. Mm. So I guess this river has some particularly warmer areas, and that's why they believe it caused the body to decompose much quicker. Yeah, yeah. And the average temperature around that time had been about 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, Lord. Yeah, very warm yeah. for this time of the year. And they said that, because, I mean, that was in September, so that's really warm. Yeah, what on earth? Yeah. So they said that an investigative autopsy would be taking place that Sunday and will be done by the LaSalle County Coroner's Office. Coroner, yeah. Coroner's Office. (laughs) Coroner. Coroner. Coroner's Office. 
So as soon as Carmen found out that a body was found, she immediately jumped in and provided dental records, anything that she could. She was just hoping that the police could make this identification as quickly as possible. So then almost three weeks went by without anything. And it wasn't until September 20th that the police even made an announce that the police even made an announcement that they were still investigating and that they had not yet identified the body. And around this time, you know, Carmen was feeling very frustrated, really started to be vocal about how she felt, you know, and that the media was just not giving her son's case enough attention. Mm-hmm. You know, she saw, this was around Gabby Petito, too, like that Yeah, yeah. That time. She said, mm-hmm. you know, she saw Gabby Petito's case getting a lot of coverage. I mean, we all saw it. I mean, everyone was yeah. covering it. It was wild. Like, there was so many resources used, and she felt like her son was just not getting that. And it's clear that he wasn't, and she was just frustrated at this point. You know, Jelani had been missing for three weeks, and there was barely any coverage, but there was tons for Gabby. You know, she's talked about how she doesn't blame Gabby's family for that at all. She knows, you know, their pain. Mm -hmm. But obviously there's something incredibly wrong with the way that certain cases get coverage and others don't. Right, yeah. So their family is seeing millions of people following the Gabby Petito case, Thousands of people supporting, following every single thing that happens, and they're wondering, where is that for Jelani? Yeah. And, I mean, that happens every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a, you, there's a certain and? way that you get more coverage if you look a certain way, mm-hmm. if you're this or that. But, I mean, this guy, I mean, he's a scholar trying to be a doctor, an upstanding citizen, you know, and he's not getting the coverage he deserves. And, you know, like, not saying that Gabby shouldn't have got all that coverage, but, like, it should have been equal as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, you know, Gabby's white, Jelani's black. That's a lot of, a lot of cases like that. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of... I don't know, it's sad. Yeah, there's a lot of people of color who go... It's like just because... Unrecognized. Just because they're a different color, why does it mean that they don't get as much coverage as somebody else, but... Yeah. The world's cruel. Yeah. So, Carmen, again, has made it clear that it's not that she's upset that Gabby, you know, has all this coverage that she did. It's just the lack of coverage for others, which is a huge problem. Yeah. And it's completely shocking that it took them three weeks to even contact her again with any type of update on the case or about the body that they found. Mm. So she even, she even called the Peru police department twice during this time asking for updates and she was never called back. What? Yeah. Also, the coroner Mm -hmm. was extremely disrespectful to Carmen on September 22nd when she called them just to ask some basic questions about the status and progress of their investigation. So at this point, Carmen just decided to hire a private investigator. She just felt like the officials assigned to the case were not doing enough, and it was her best chance of getting answers about what happened to Jelani. And having the PI involved was great because Carmen was able to announce to the public that if anyone was worried about speaking to the police, for whatever reason, they can contact the PI and give an anonymous tip. Yeah, yeah. So, finally, though, on September 23rd, police did come out that the body had been identified. Unfortunately, it was Jelani Day. Mm. His family made an incredibly emotional post on their Facebook page to share their thoughts. So, on April 8th or 9th, I couldn't get a, like, definite definite date, Mm -hmm. his dad passed away oh one part of it said um of this year right yes okay because i was thinking all this was going on after april yeah yeah and whenever they made the incredibly emotional post on that facebook page it said that at this moment there are more questions and answers surrounding jelani's disappearance and death that and that is where we will focus our energy Mm-hmm. As of this moment, we do not know what happened to Jelani, and we will not stop until we do. The Bloomington, Peru, and La Salle Police Departments all issued a press release stating that the body found in the Illinois River was, in fact, Jelani Day, 
They were able to identify the body using dental identification, DNA, and comparison. But his body and his teeth were in such bad condition that it actually took four dental practices to confirm. Wow. And the family had no endure even, or the family had to endure even more waiting while the coroner's office finished up their investigation. But in the meantime, a I'm saying it in my head, but I can't say it out of my mouth. (laughs) Commemoration of life ceremony was organized by Jelani's family, and they brought the community together in his memory and to celebrate his life. It was October 9th, and his friends and family and just members of the community gathered at Danville High School Auditorium, where Jelani had graduated from just a few years prior. It was a beautiful four-hour service, truly a celebration of Jelani's life, and the crowd heard from dozens of people who knew and loved Jelani. Hmm. People shared stories of Jelani, of how thoughtful, caring he was, to how strong-headed and determined he could be. They shared laughs. Look at that. (laughs) They shared laughs, remembering how fun it was to be around him, and his sister, Dakara, remembered that no matter where she would hide or no matter where she would hide her diary, Jelani would always be able to find it and read it. Mm. His youngest sister, Zena, Zena, shared mm. how thankful she was to have Jelani as her protector when she was growing up, and she said that he made her laugh harder than anyone else. So the month of October had a lot going on in the case. A lot of moving pieces, they were planning the ceremony, and the official, the official report from the LaSalle County coroner's office was released on October 25th of 2021, but before it was announced, there was two separate autopsies performed. The first autopsy was performed by forensic pathologist Scott Denton on September 5th, and this was just one day after his body was discovered. Mm-hmm. In his analysis, he concluded that Jelani's cause of death was drowning. He said that there was no evidence to support the idea that there was any damage or trauma to the body prior to going into the river. He also stated that there were severe decomposition, you you know, you know, (laughs) and that turtles and fish (laughs) in the river had furthered the decomposition. decomposition. And they also noted that I guess trigger warning, but they also noted that the soft tissue around his eyes was missing. So, the second autopsy was performed by an independent pathologist, Sergio Saratella. He was hired by Catholic priest and social activist Father Michael Falger. He got involved after learning about how ignored the case had been up until this point, and he was very angry. Mm-hmm. Father Michael also donated $10,000 towards a private investigation into the case. Mm. So when Sergio was performing his independent autopsy, he had not read the report from the LaSalle County Coroner. So, yeah, so he's he going in fresh, going like, in dark, yeah. Yes. So he did that because he wanted an objective look at the body. He mm-hmm. didn't want to be impacted by their findings. However, just like the LaSalle County Coroner's office, Sergio also did not find any signs of pre-death. However, their independent autopsy did have some discrepancies from the initial autopsy. First of all, they had a completely different description of the condition of his body. Now, this claim has not been confirmed, so I'm not trying to like... Or I'm trying... I am trying to be careful with this one, but... The report did say that Carmen was told by the independent pathologist that he was shocked by the protocol used by the first pathologist. Hmm. And according to this report, he was baffled by the first exam and that the standard protocol was not followed. And when the LaSalle County coroner was made aware of this independent autopsy findings, they decided to make no comment Mm -hmm. because they said that it served no professional purpose. Then on October 8th, 
the case really got a lot of attention because there was a horrible report put out by the Chicago Sun-Times that had so much misinformation and just information out of context that it created a ton of rumors online, a massive spread of misinformation. You know how that stuff can uh, go. Like, come on now. I know. And, and just it's, do your research. Like, just, don't. It's just, I'm just going to say trigger warning because I don't, I'm just going to say trigger warning. So the article says, heartbreaking for sure, the corpse had no eyeballs, only sockets. The river's water had run her course, soaking the body through and through. They also said that the body was missing its front top and bottom teeth. And they also said that a second autopsy was performed by a private forensic pathologist at the request of the family and that they had found out that his jawbone had been sought out. Like what? They also said that their family's private forensic pathologist could not find a brain, no organs, neither liver nor spleen. Do what? Like, where are y'all coming up with this at? And they also said that according to the pathology report, the organs were completely liquefied. Now, when you're reading this, and it's so out of context, a lot of people become, you know, very confused and thought that Jelani was not found with his organs. And that's just not true, like, at all. None of that was true. Yeah. None of it. So the truth is, when the second autopsy was was performed, there was no organs, but that's because they were removed during the first autopsy and never put back. Mm. So that's where the whole, he had no organs come from. Yeah. Miscommunication or just people making up stuff because they think it's funny because that does happen. Yeah. Um, This article was proven to not be factual. However, it started a chain of misinformation, rumors, tons of people reporting on Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, that that this was a case of organ harvesting, and it's definitely not. Yes. I was like, wow. Just please stop. Come on now. But it's really unfortunate because that information has been spread. The damage has been done. And there are a lot of people out there with misinformation about the condition of Jelani's body. Yeah. And, you know, like we said, this case isn't getting a lot of attention that it should be. So, obviously, they're going to believe. Oh, stupid. Yeah, like they're not going to hear the good information because it's not as accessible as the Chicago Sun Times. Like... Because once stuff gets out there like that and you, like, Google what what happened, it, that's what's going to pop up. Yeah. Like, yeah, the stuff with the most. And it's like all the mm-hmm. other, the real information is hidden because there's so much yeah, of coverage the, on this false accusations. And, yeah, and the false information that's, yeah. So his mom ended up having to post on October 11th making a statement clarifying The truth about the rumors that were circulating around, which is sad, and she should not have had to do that. In this post, she was saying that there were contradicting facts going around between the two autopsies, but no organs were missing, nor was this case of organ harvesting. Yeah. That same day, their attorney, Haley Besner, went on Fox 32 News to clear up the confusion as well, so it ended up taking the LaSalle County coroner's office a month to determine the cause of death for Jelani and put out an official report. So on October 25th, coroner Richard Blotch announced that Jelani's case of de- cause of death was drowning, but the matter of death was unknown. He also stated that the body showed no evidence of pre-death such as strangulation, assault, altercation, sharp or blunt forced trauma, gunshot, infection, tumor, Natural disease and drug intoxication. None of that was yeah, no, was, was found. Was he naked when they found his body? Did you say that? No, it didn't say that. But it back when they found his car, the clothes the were in clothes there. Clothes so. that he was last seen in was found in the car. I was wondering if they found him with any other clothes. I can't on remember if he was if it's like down further in here or not, but. We'll see if okay. it is. But we know the clothes that his clothes were found in his car. Yeah. That he was last seen. Later. He could have changed again, which yeah. is, would be odd, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he, you know, so. Um, so what this means is he wasn't able to determine any other cause. So that really just 
left drowning. That's yeah. So he also said that that <laughs> there isn't a specific way to test for drowning during an autopsy, which is odd. But there's not an official way. Yeah, I guess I mean if and it makes sense because and that's yeah. really all they have. But yeah, and it's done more in a process of elimination. So basically, because he couldn't find a cause of pre-death, that just left drowning. So a, t- a toxology report was also prepared by NMS Labs in Horsham, Pennsylvania, and they stated that Jelani's body tested. Jelani's body tested. What? Oh, <laughs> uh, typo. Sorry. Um, Jelani's body tested positive for caffeine. And evidence of nicotine and cannabis use. Okay. Which really isn't anything unusual. I mean, but Jelani's family was happy with the findings of the LaSalle County Coroner. I mean, they felt like they were basically saying that this... Jelani's family wasn't happy with the findings of LaSalle County Coroner. They felt like they were basically saying that this was Jelani's fault somehow. That he just got into the just got in there and drowned yeah like he was like high and just decided to jump in this yeah river and then drowned somehow yeah. well they were also pushing that not the family but the yeah. corner they were also pushing that he possibly took his own life and they just knew that that was not a suicide plus they made the point that jelani was an avid swimmer like i mentioned in the beginning right so so they just can't wrap their heads around the idea of him just drowning. Yeah. Like you would, I mean, because you can be a strong swimmer and you can still drown, but like yeah. it has to be like, but like the current or something would have to happen for you to, you know, also it's hard to drown yourself. Like you can't just like really throw yourself in a, like, unless you just can't swim. Yeah. You can't really drown yourself because your body starts to fight itself mm-hmm. to stay alive. Like, you have to like weigh yourself down yeah if you're trying to do that so what is what's the tea (laughs) what's really good what's really going on because this boy this man did not seem to have any signs of mental illness of depression anything you know because i mean i guess you could say he was under a lot of pressure sure like he's going to be a doctor but everything seemed to be fine he hasn't, like, slowly started, like, missing a bunch of classes. Like, he literally yeah. was there, and then he wasn't, and yeah. then they found him in the river. Period. Like, what? Period. Period. So, what's going on? Well, why would he go to a place that he's never been before, miles away from where he lives, on a school day to go swimming? Yeah, and, like, where do you, yeah, where would he find this place? Or be like, oh, I'm just going to drive around until I find somewhere to yeah. jump in, and, yeah. like, what? No. So, they're in enti- time, like... Parking, like, not in a parking lot, but, like, off to the side of a parking lot. That's just weird. Yeah, and then walking a mile to this. Yeah. Yeah. So, their entire family knows that this doesn't make sense and that they're begging the police to look into it further. Why would he drive to Peru, this random area? He was found naked. Take off his clothes. Take off his license plate. Yes. And then jump into the water. All of this made the, the Day family and the community that had really formed around Jelani's case very angry. Yes, I mean, because he's supposed to be super close with his family. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if he even, let's say for a moment that he was planning to complete suicide, he wouldn't want his family to have to search and try to find yeah. him. With, so, especially like, how close. Like, yeah, yeah, like you wouldn't want your family to have to wonder what happened for long so you wouldn't yeah. want to take your license plate off your yeah which i'm still like wondering why take the like i guess you didn't want to figure out whose car it was i don't know but i'm like why would you take the license plate exactly like what's the purpose in that you ever notice when you say exactly like how do you say it exactly i don't know why but i'll say like egg Exactly. 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 Do you do? Exactly. It's kind of like a... Ex- exactly. I don't say exactly. So I'm like, exactly. 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, was, I said it the other day. Yeah, I almost like, like exactly, but with like a lazier E. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> they couldn't believe that they were claiming that Jelani, who had no known mental health issue and was a great swimmer, had killed himself by drowning. So alongside Reverend Jesse Jackson oh. and the Rainbow Push Coalition, mm-hmm. Coalition, the Day family organized a march in an effort to demand justice for Jelani and pressure law enforcement to continue investigating. This march 2022. took place... Oh, this, no. <laughs> like, the march. Oh. <laughs> I thought you said this march. I was like... I did. Oh, oh. This march took place on October 26, 2021. I'm dead. I was like, oh, I thought you said this march. Like, it did. Like, this march that they planned. Lord, have mercy. Okay. During the march, they loudly rejected the theories presented by police. They said that this was not a suicide and demanded that his case be further investigated by the FBI. More than 200 people showed up in support of the march. People chanted as they walked down the street to keep hope alive, and at this point, Carmen said she did not trust the local police with this case, and she wanted the FBI to take over fully. Yeah. A second march was held on November 5th with the same goal to get attention of the police and get this case to the FBI. Now, the Peru police did announce that they handed over all of their files to the FBI on October 28th. But this does not mean that, you know, they're taking over the case. In fact, they released a statement that said they would not be taking a lead on this case, despite Uh. the request to do so. Why? Anyway. Carmen also wondered where Jelani's phone was. Finding that phone could help answer a lot of questions, and it's going to contain a lot of information. Yeah. So they actually found his phone... And it's amazing that they did because it will likely help answer a lot of questions, or at least hopefully. Yeah, yeah. So, what was he doing the week before he had disappeared? Who had he spoken with? Was he fighting with anyone? So, finding that phone was absolutely crucial. And on November 10th, the Justice for Jelani Facebook page made a post stating that they had a potential lead on Jelani's phone. A Facebook user named Brian Dew actually posted this to his page, stating that his worker was driving along the interstate and lost something. His Facebook post didn't specify what was lost, but we later learned that he had been driving with a mattress in his truck and it had fallen out. But when he got out of the car to retrieve it, he found an abandoned phone, and took it to a kiosk. I can't say that kiosk. word. Kiosk yeah. at Walmart for money. What? Yes. Then a few days after he had brought it into Walmart, private investigators contacted him, and that's when he found out that the phone belonged to Jelani Day. See, this is the thing. If you found a if you found a phone on the side of the road, don't touch it. Just like, or if you're going to touch it, have like a shirt or something. Like, put it up. Yeah. Because People, this is not the first time that somebody has found a phone on the side of the road, and it has to do with the murder investigation. Yeah, like, like, just leave it, just don't. You have to think about stuff like that. You can't just, ooh, someone dropped their phone, like, mm, yeah, on the I'm going to I'm gonna sell this for money. No, no, like, that could be An someone's phone that got murdered. Yeah, and that could probably help solve that case. Yeah. Well, apparently he did not know whose phone it was, obviously, when he brought it into Walmart, which... You're stupid for doing that. You should have turned it in. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So that post was made on November 10th. However, at that point, it was never confirmed whether or not this phone was actually his. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of back and forth, and it just makes me mad. I'm mm-hmm. like, Ugh. So the phone was found off the interstate near East Main Street. On November 11th, his family posted that they still had not confirmed if the phone actually belonged to him, and they were just hoping that it did. So this was the first sign of hope for their family. You know, obviously the phone isn't going to change anything or bring Jelani back, but it could really lead them into the right direction. Mm-hmm. So later that day on the 11th, Carmen actually did an interview with Newsy. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. And she was able to clarify a lot of the information about the phone. 
You said Newsy? Yeah. Is it N-E-W-S-I-E? No. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's Newsy. For starters, the phone was actually retrieved on October 17th, and it was completely shattered. And to make matters worse, Carmen wasn't told anything about the phone for two to three weeks after they initially found it. What? The police have said that the reason for this was that they were waiting to determine if it was Jelani's phone before telling her. Well, I mean, all I have to do is go to the... I mean, was the phone broken where it wouldn't work? I mean, it said they just said it was shattered, so okay. I'm assuming... Okay, because I'm like, all I gotta do is go to the contacts and find it, call call whoever mom's yeah. phone is. Like, but maybe it was, I don't know. Maybe they had to do some work on it. I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. I know. But they have not been doing well so Mm-mm. far, so I don't. It's want another to. one of them police cases. I guess. Yeah, one of them down to the bone suicides. Yep. It's and a they, uh, for those of y'all who, yeah. yeah. And they then told her that if she didn't want it, if she didn't want them going through it. And if she would rather have the FBI do it, that she could make that decision. So she absolutely, so she absolutely did. Good. I was about to say uh, yes. She told them to hand it over yep, to the right FBI now. and have right them now. go through it. Yes. So as of November fourteenth, it has been confirmed that the phone does in fact belong to Jelani. So it it is his phone. It's official. Okay. Then a series of emails came out that shed light on what the county has been doing since the start of Jelani's investigation. It was actually through the Freedom of Information Act that the Panagraph, mm-hmm. which is an online news outlet, was able to request all of the emails that included Jelani's name that were sent by county officials between August and October. So they were actually able to get 290 pages, and it revealed a lot of information. Okay. So first of all, more More than 20 agencies played a role in this case, including four police departments, four fire departments, four emergency management agencies, three specialized, three specialized search and rescue agencies, Illinois State Police, and two FBI offices, and the FBI BAU, which is um, the Behavioral Analysts. Nope. <laughs> the Behavioral Analysis Unit, and it's a department of the FBI's National Center for Analysis of Violent Crime that, you know, they help assist in criminal investigations. So, yes. <laughs> so there were more than two dozen media inquiries. Media? That Yeah, that were sent to the county, mainly trying to get clarification about the state of Jelani's body. Three tips also came in with possible sightings of Jelani's car, and five pieces of evidence were collected from Jelani's car and sent to a lab for further testing. Most of the evidence were swabs, and the swab of the steering wheel, the driver's side door handle, also the passenger door side handle, and they also collected a plastic plastic blue straw from a styrofoam cup and the last thing they found was a partially smoked cigar blunt. Huh. And that is all that I have mm. on this case. Now, granted, I've done this, I think, back in, I want to say, like, February, maybe? Oh, okay, yeah. So, maybe I need to... Um, I need to... So, don't go investigate. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to investigate sometime this week okay and see if i can find any updates and then um the next time we record which it'll be a few yeah recordings because we record once a month so it'll be a few recordings until i um update you if there's any more information so that is the case of jelani day i hope when i google and search. I hope there is more information. Yeah, better news, cause cause it's just they're just ringing that family in a circle. Yeah, and I mean, and if there's if they're gonna DNA test stuff, that does take forever. Sometimes. Oh yeah, it does. So you know, hopefully something will come of this soon. Mm-hmm. I hope so, cause that family needs justice, and it's yes. like who. Like, oh, it's just, 
senseless. Like, was it just somebody tried to rob him? Was it somebody he knew? Like, well, I don't know. So many questions. We don't really have a lot of no answers. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like he just was found dead. There wasn't, it's like he just drove out there and jumped in the water. And it's like, we know that's not what happened, but that's all we really have. Mm -hmm. Besides the license. Well, we know, like, the license plate is That's just sketch. Yeah, that's so sketchy and weird. And I don't understand. Like, oh, I don't know. So, yeah, hopefully something comes up soon. Well, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at a million murders at gmail.com. Yes, and you can go to our Instagram at a million murders and look at, we do one for each episode. <laughs> Bless you, mom. Bless you. <laughs> um, there's. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's okay. Um, so uh, there's pictures of people, places, things, everything we cover. Um, if there are pictures to, you know, put up of it. And you can also join our Facebook group, A Million Murders. And, you know, we post a little sauce on there. We're yeah. doing better. We're, yeah. you're, getting, you're getting posts about, you know, updates if episodes are going to be late or if there's like um... yeah but i struggle sometimes i struggle real bad it's okay i need a new computer i didn't i didn't buy a good computer and it's not that old no it's it's not not that old it's an hp you look backwards so yeah so you can do that and um yeah that's about it i believe well thanks for tuning in and we hope you come back for a million more. Bye.